Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad to know the truth. Amen. This apostolic message, how about you? That's that's what God's called us to do. Amen. That's purpose. But I believe our ministry effort is to restore people. Restore people. We believe no matter how dirty you are, God can clean you up. So glad that he gave us not only a second chance, but some of you, maybe seventh, I don't know, maybe tenth, maybe twelfth, maybe maybe a hundredth, but God's mercy has been renewed every morning for us. Amen. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Aren't you glad he died for you? Aren't you glad he gave his life for you? Amen. There's hope. Praise God. As the old song says, he picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I'm not what I used to be. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my savior. Come on, is he your redeemer? I'm going to tell you what he is. He's the restorer of my soul. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we are in the restoring business. Everything we do is restoring people back to Jesus Christ or from a mess to Jesus Christ because we can't do it on our own. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. We don't give up on people. We restore people. Look at your neighbor and say, God hasn't given up on you. You're in the process of being restored to greatness. Do you believe there's great? Come on, look at somebody near you and say there's greatness in you. Amen. Our preacher tonight believes this. The preacher we have coming tonight is Brother Luke Vanderhoff. He's proven himself to be faithful. He's a good husband. He smiles all the time. They must be happy. They must. He agrees. He's very happy. And... uh, He's an electrician. He works very hard, very diligent. Supports supports his family. And uh, he loves God. Luke Vanderhoff is a Christian. He really is. And he's apostolic. He loves this message. He graduated from Texas Bible College. And uh, has pursued now in the electrical field as as an electrician. And and has, has graduated from that program as well. And uh, aren't we thankful for that? Amen. We believe in getting a trade, getting an education. We do. We believe you ought to be the best you that you can be. And he's a man of prayer. And I know I'm going on and on about it. But we believe the Lord has sent him. And he's a tremendous preacher. I believe he's got a word for us tonight. And uh, thank you for all you do. I believe in you, Brother Luke. This church believes in you. We're excited to hear what God's going to do through you tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's give that to Jesus right now. Hallelujah, God, you're worthy. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. The psalmist says in Psalm 124, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. And then he says, now may Israel say. I want to change that a little bit tonight. Now may Zanesville say. And say it with me now in verse 2. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us. Not just men, but when trials and tribulations rose up against us. When a coronavirus rose up against us. When whatever it is that you can put in there rose up against you. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Can I get an amen tonight? Oh, he saved my soul. He's been victorious on my behalf. And verse 8 says, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Not just do we have a God, but we have the God of all creation on our side tonight. So say it with me again. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side oh thank you Jesus God I thank you Lord that you're on our side I thank you God that you're fighting for us I thank you Jesus I thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord I'll oh, just clap your hands again unto God Praise God, praise God. Well, it is my distinct honor and privilege to be here tonight worshiping the Lord with my family, not just my wonderful wife who I honor tonight, but uh, with my church family who's been so kind to me, amen, and uh, has accepted me uh, and just, it's just been wonderful. And I give honor to my pastor tonight, amen, and his family. Amen. Go ahead. That's okay. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful. And I agree with Brother Barsati, not just in this month, but every day is Pastor Appreciation Day. Amen. And uh, I pray for my pastor and so thankful for him. And what he's done uh, and, and who he is, how he is an example. Amen. And uh, those kind words of introduction. Thank you, sir. Uh, I hate to disagree with Pastor, but uh, unfortunately, I did not actually technically graduate from Texas Bible College, which I don't know if that's the best thing to do as I'm starting to, to preach to tell you that. I actually only went for two years. Uh, I went for two years and um, was seeking the Lord, and he very clearly and distinctly uh, told me not to go back and the way in which he did so was with two accidents car accidents within two weeks i uh, was in dallas and a car um, stopped right in front of me out of nowhere we were traveling down the interstate and uh, i totaled uh, the car that i really liked a honda accord and i got another car by the miracles of god he gave me a vehicle and and uh, a lady pulled out and t-boned me two weeks later almost to the day and um, I was unable to go back to work and to save up throughout that summer. And so uh, I guess the whole reason I'm telling this story is just that if it had not been the Lord who's on our side, amen, he, uh, he led me back home. And, but even though he did that, he still gave me men like Pastor and my father and my parents, whom I also honor tonight, uh, to lead and guide. And, and I'm just so thankful for who he is. My heart is full tonight. Amen. If you'll turn with me to 
Joshua chapter 2. As I probably everyone agrees with, this has kind of been a, it's definitely an interesting season. It's been a different season. And even if I'm honest and transparent, and if you can be too, a little bit difficult season. You know, I, I enjoy these church services, being involved in three different services in the weekend. Sometimes it's tiring, as I'm sure different ones can say. Pastor Cody was just talking about last weekend, he was in six services between Friday and Sunday. But uh, I'm so blessed tonight because so many different people are here, happen to be at this service that I count as friends and close people in my life, and I give honor to them. My sister Brown, I love you all give honor to you. And if I kept going, I would be here all night. So let's not do that. Let's go to Joshua chapter two and reading with verse 21. Brother Michael, I love you, brother. Thankful for what God's doing in your life, you and sister Kate and uh, your friendship. Joshua two and verse 21 says, and she said, according unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Brother Gio, good to see you tonight. Glad you're feeling better. Love you, brother. And then Luke 17, 32, they're gonna put it on the screen. I know that's a jump from Joshua, but if you can jump there, it's just a real short verse. Remember Lot's wife. She bound the scarlet line in the window and remember Lot's wife. With the help of the Lord tonight, I wanna preach, remember Rahab. Remember Rahab. Lord, we thank you once again for this service. Oh God, your presence is clearly here. You've honored your word once again in that two or three have gathered here in your name and you've visited us. You've been in the midst, God, and I thank you I thank you for your anointing, for the anointed word. God, I thank you for what you're gonna do in our lives tonight, how you're gonna change us. Lord, let us not leave this place the same, but be changed by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Lord. Amen, amen. And you may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. In the book of Genesis, we read the story of Abraham. God calls him from his house, his kindred, and his land. And Lot, Abraham's nephew, travels with Abraham. It's a little bit of a message for another time, but something interesting is God actually told him not to take anybody with him. But Lot goes with him. One day, because of the wealth that God blessed Abraham with, and I believe that Even though Lot wasn't supposed to be there, I believe God blessed Lot because he was blessing Abraham. And so they had many flocks, many servants, many herds, the scripture says, lots of people in their family. And the land where they would travel to as they were going, as the Lord was leading Abraham, it just couldn't handle it anymore. And so the herdsmen of Abraham and the herdsmen of Lot get into an argument one day over water rights. And so Abraham tells Lot, this is the way we're going to have to handle this. You choose where you will go and wherever, whichever direction you travel, I will choose to travel the opposite way. 
So the Bible says in Genesis 13, where the story's found, that Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld. He beheld the plains, the cities of the plains. He beheld the beauty and how much water was there. And then the scripture says something else that's very interesting. So Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. The Bible says of Abraham in Hebrews 11 that by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed and he went out, not knowing whither he went, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He looked for this city. And it's interesting to note that while Abraham and Lot were together, until they had this argument, they were just kind of wandering. But after Abraham and Lot separated, it says that God spoke to Abraham. It seems to be one of the first times since he had left that God spoke to him. Can I tell you just on a little bit of a side note tonight that sometimes we have to get some things out of our lives to be able to hear what God is saying to us, to be able to get the direction that God is pointing us in. See, Abraham, Hebrew says, he, he looked for a city, but he could not find it until he cleared his life of some distractions, even a family member, even some things that were just too much for him to handle a man but he was looking for the city contrast Abraham's attitude with that of Lot Abraham followed God by faith his inheritance was not in a city built by man but he looked for something built on a sure foundation and whose builder and maker is God I came tonight to tell somebody that there is a city that has a foundation it's not just a city that's that is set aside that is created by man but it is a city with foundation and we need to lose our focus on the world and the things that are happening in the world and the things that are going on in politics I'm preaching to me right now too the, the leadership that might happen here in just a couple of weeks and we need to set our eyes on a city that is sure and steadfast that has a foundation the Bible says that we have a hope and it is an anchor that is sure and steadfast and I tell you tonight my anchor is not here but my anchor is in Jesus hallelujah my anchor is in Jesus hallelujah the Bible says in Hebrews 12 that wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God in order to find that city that has a foundation tonight we need to join with those that is a great cloud of witnesses that has gone before and look unto Jesus hallelujah look unto Jesus a sure foundation is built on God's word the word of God is so abundant and overflowing with truth. 
The word teaches us and leads us and guides us. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And where would we be today without the word of God? The more we read, the more we understand, and the deeper we know God, the closer we become to him through his word. It's his word that that city is set on. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. Oh, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Recently, Pastor was talking about the Word, and he talked about how we just have to drag our feet through the Word. And so that next week, my wife and I began to do that. We had noticed that we had kind of been speeding through the Word, and my wife was just telling me how that she's only uh, a few chapters into the book of Romans in several weeks now, and how much more she's gotten out of it. It's when we dig into the word when we when we when we get deep into his word when we spend time in his word when we do as the prophet did and even eat his word figuratively of course we get that into us that is where our foundation lies that is that city that is on a foundation and if we want god we must have his word because he is the word john says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory if you want to see his glory tonight if you're desperate for Jesus if you want to look unto him look to his word hallelujah oh I'm thankful for the word of God is anybody thankful for the word tonight hallelujah oh praise God when we examine Lot, we see a slow fade. It started with just a look. He looked toward the plains. He saw that it was pleasing to the eyes. It reminds me of somebody else in Genesis. When she looked on the fruit, saw that it was pleasing to the eyes. It started with just a look. And then we read that he pitched his tent toward Sodom. I can imagine it now. He's on kind of a rise, a, a bit of a hill, and, and he's just looking and, wow. Man, I want to wake up to this view every morning. All right, babe, pitch the tent that way. I just want to wake up and see the beauty of the plains. And then... We find out that Sodom and Gomorrah were attacked. And who happens to be among the prisoners? Lot and his family. That means he was living in the city. Then we look and we see that Lot is found in the gates of the city. See, the gates of the cities in that time were, they were a place of leadership. Business was done, conducted in the gates. People would see who came and who went in the gates, and things would happen. It would kind of be like sitting on the city council of Sodom and Gomorrah. Started with a look, ended with being completely 
enthralled with the city, connected with the city, understanding the pulse of the city, what started with a look. And so God then, he's looking down and he decides to to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of the wickedness he sees there. But because of the intercession of Abraham, and there's a lesson here for us too, God decides to have mercy on the city. I'm sure we're all familiar with the story. Abraham, he's, he's told, God says, am I to keep this from my servant Abraham, who's to be so blessed of me, who's to carry on the name, who's to have all of these? I, should I tell him, he says. And, and he begins to tell Abraham what he's going to do. And, and Abraham so humbly approaches God and says, Lord, if there be 50 righteous, would you destroy the city? I, I'm sorry, God, i got to ask again. Would there, what if there's just 45? Oh, but Lord, what if there's 30? What if there's 20? And finally he gets down. If there's only 10 righteous, will you destroy the city? I can just think that Abraham is thinking in his mind, I've got Lot and he's got a wife and, 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 and he's got daughters and they have son, they've, they've married and they have children. And he probably started counting them up and maybe they just happened to reach 10 or 15 people. And, and so he intercedes for his family and only because of that, God spares the city for one more day. And so he sends his men in and, and because of God's mercy, we're promised in his word that when we're tempted by the things of sin, that we will have have a way of escape but but just as the angels were with Lot and with his family when they went into the city and they said we're going to destroy it you need to leave that they, they 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 didn't want to at first and instead of the angels pushing them out because God is a gentleman and he will not force his way on you he has his mercy it is free at this altar he has his grace for you it is free at this altar it is free wherever you call on his name but he will not force it on you and so so in as much as it's a wonderful thing that we have that, may I warn you tonight that if you walk out of this place, this could be your last time to receive the mercy of God. And he will not force it on you, but he sends this young preacher tonight to tell you God is merciful. And if you turn to him tonight and you repent of your sins, he will save your soul. Just as the scripture says in Genesis, the angels did end up taking Lot and his family by the hand and leading them outside. And Lot says to them, you've magnified your mercy to me. God is magnifying his mercy in these last days. To everyone under the sound of my voice and everyone outside these walls, his mercy is magnified. And so Lot and his family, they love their sin. It's so unfortunate. But they argue with God's escape plan and they say, no, I, I, I don't trust you even though you've come and you've wanted to save me. I don't trust you enough to keep me safe in the mountain that you want to send me to. Oh, what a thing we're missing out when we don't trust God even to take us to a cave in a mountain. What mountaintop experience are we missing out on when we don't trust him and his escape plan? My, my. So he says, just let me go to a little city. It's just a little city. The scripture even says, is it 
not a little city? He tells them and then he asks the angels, is it not just a little city? But the Bible says that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. The Bible says the little foxes are what spoil the vine. It might just be the little thing that's in your life tonight. It might just be a little city. And then the Bible gives us clear warning in our text, reminding us of what happened next. It says, remember Lot's wife. See, the the angels told them, go, and, and that's fine. You can go to the little city because their mercy was magnified. You can go to the little city, but, but I'm telling you, do not look back. Don't look back. When God saves you, don't look for another way. Don't try to make it easier. Don't look back on where you've come from and look at like the Israelites did with the Egyptians. Well, at least we had food in Egypt. Forgetting the, the, the captivity that they were under. Oh, you might say, at least I had friends when I was in the world. At least I wasn't lonely. Oh, but you forget the captivity that you were under. Hmm. At least I could have a good time and party. Oh, but you forget the captivity that you were under. So don't look back. You can't make it easier because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody can get to the Father except by him. Remember, you want a city that has foundations? Look unto Jesus. So remember Lot's wife. Jesus went the way of the cross. That wasn't easy. So to truly be saved, the scripture says that Paul said, I die daily. See, if you don't want to look back, you have to die daily. You have to look forward daily. You have to remember, God, I don't even want to look back there because when I look ahead, I'm in the shadow of the cross and your blood is there and you've covered me with that blood and you've covered my past with that blood. So Lord, even though I might have, be having a hard time, I'm going to die again today to that flesh because I want a city that has foundations. Oh, hallelujah. And Lord, you said to take up your cross and to die every day and so Lord even though it might be hard God I'm going to get in that word I'm going to pray I'm going to seek your face and I'm going to die daily because I remember Lot's wife she looked back she wanted what was back there but in contrast to the woman that Lot's wife was the story we just heard of the city, uh, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, to the terrible sins that happened there and then were connected to all of that. See, Lot and his two daughters 
ended up leaving that little city shortly after the destruction and they ended up in the mountains anyway. Sometimes we just need to do what God says the first time because we're probably going to end up there anyway. And so in contrast, we look at Rahab. I'm preaching about remember Rahab. Yes, keep in the back of your mind to remember Lot's wife, but that's not everything that it's about. No, we need to remember Rahab. See, what happened with Rahab is she is also a woman. She's also uh, in a city that's about to be destroyed. And in fact, she was a harlot. So you wonder tonight, maybe, Brother Luke, how in the world could a harlot be better than Lot's wife? At least she was connected to somebody that was connected to God. At least she was saved by God and God reached out to her. How can a harlot be any better than that? Well, see, that just goes to show us that it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter where you've been, but it matters where you're going. And God's mercy is great tonight. And God's mercy is extended to you tonight. Hallelujah. And if you want to be saved, he's here with the free gift of salvation. See, the difference in Rahab and Lot's wife is all in their desire. Rahab believed. In Joshua chapter 2, we see the story where Joshua tells the, uh, the two spies, he sends two spies out, and he tells them to go and view the land, even Jericho. And so they went and they came to the house of Rahab. And so they're, they're, God's told them that Jericho is going to be destroyed. I'm going to use the children of Israel to do it. And so he sends out spies. I want you to view the land. I want you to see what's going on. And so they come to Rahab. Well, then it's told the king of Jericho. Hey, uh, hey, king, there, there's some people here that, that they're from Israel. And I hear that they're spying on us. And, and, and they think that they're going to somehow uh, destroy our city. I don't even know why the king worried about it because he had so much faith in his city. They talk about the history of the city. You may have heard it before. The walls were so thick that they could have chariot races on top of the walls, uh, two by two chariot races next to each other, falling. And, and he, they just thought that Israel would never, uh, never uh, defeat them. And so he, I don't know why he was so worried, but he goes ahead and he sends people. And, and somehow they know that, that uh, these spies had been to Rahab's house so they go and they knock on the door and Rahab Rahab hey the king sent us and and I I know that you're loyal to the king but but there's been word that that there's people that's come here and and they are trying to see what riches we have and they're trying to see our defenses and and they want to fight against us and, and think they're going to win and well we know they're not Rahab and we know that that you're you know you're you're a good person and and you've been faithful and you pay your taxes and all that but but are they here because that's really not you know, looking too good on you to have them in your house. And so Rahab will have to forgive her. She tells a little lie. She says, well, they were here, but just as soon as they found out you were coming, they left. And they went to the hills. So if you leave right now, maybe you'll catch up to them. Unbeknownst to the king's men, she's taken them to the roof and hid them in the flax. 
And so she brings him down and she tells him, she says, now listen, I've been kind to you and I even told a little lie to the king's men and so now I need you to do me a favor. I know, verse 9 says, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us. I can just imagine it now. Imagine it with me. The king is in his bed, and maybe he even had a dream. Man, I've been hearing about these Israelites, and they're just knocking everybody down, and they say it's their God, and I just think that's ridiculous, but somehow or another, a bunch of people from Egypt, they're just doing all this stuff, and they're beating all these people, and I just don't know. So secretly, I think the king was a little scared. Because of what we see next, he says, so, For we have heard that the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and where ye did, uh, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites, excuse me, that were on the other side, Jordan, Shihon, and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. Not just one kingdom, but two kingdoms. And, he, she, and then she says, And as soon as we had heard these things, we had heard these things. I can imagine she's talking for the whole city there. She says, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. And then she states the difference between her and Lot's wife. Lot's wife didn't believe it. She thought it was ridiculous. I can see it now. She's just probably one of those women with an attitude. This is so stupid. I like this mall. And I like where I'm living. And my husband just thinks that he can take us out of here just because two guys just show up and say that they're angels of the Lord. This is so ridiculous. I just can't believe this. Oh, be quiet. We'll get there when we get there. I just can't believe this. Lot, what do you think you're doing? I had friends back there. What about tea club? Oh, good grief. I could just... Well, we're here in this new little city. It's nothing like Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, just look. The Bible says she turned into a pillar of salt. No belief. Doubt. But Rahab, she states, it's a statement of belief. For the Lord your God, he is God. She could stop right there. But then she says, in heaven above and in earth beneath. She, see, she had the same desire that Abraham had. She desired to know the God of heaven above and the earth beneath. She Rahab couldn't just believe she had to make the sacrifice, but she was seeking for a city that had foundations. She knew that no matter how big her city was, how great her king's army was, she knew that the God of heaven was God in heaven above and earth beneath. And because of the obedience of his people, that her city was going to be destroyed. And so she reached out in faith. In fact, she's listed with Abraham in Hebrew. 
Hebrews 11. By faith, Rahab. By faith, Rahab. I wonder if it could be said tonight that by faith, the anchor of Zanesville moved forward in belief. By faith, the anchor of Zanesville looked for a city that had foundations. By faith, the anchor of Zanesville remembered Rahab and they left the things that were behind, reaching forward unto the things which were ahead, that they ran the race with patience and that they desired to see a city with foundations. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Just love the Lord one more time. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> but Rahab, she couldn't just believe. Oh, she had to sacrifice. The Bible tells us that uh, she had two things to do to be saved from the destruction of the city of Jericho. She had to, one, bind a scarlet cord to her window. And she had to stay in her house. She had to bind the cord and stay in her house. Tonight, as I am bringing to you, remember Rahab, we have to bind some things to us in order to be saved. Remember tonight, you graduates, you have to bind the things that you've been learning in new life. Bind it to you. It's not just, oh, she just kind of put it out there. No, she, she made sure it was secure. That sure and steadfast anchor we talked about earlier. Bind that to you. We have to bind the blood to us. See, the scarlet cord represents the blood of Jesus Christ. We have to bind the blood to us. And the way we do that is through the waters of baptism. If you haven't been baptized tonight, oh, I, I wonder if you would be willing to bind the blood to you by the name of Jesus. See, when we repent of our sins, we turn from our wicked ways. We don't turn back towards the things that we've seen before, where we've been before, but, but we turn unto Jesus 180 degrees. We ask for his forgiveness, but not only that, we completely turn away from those things, those people that were in our lives, Lives, those things that we used to do, those places we used to go to, that's binding something to us. And then we're baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, a complete submersion in the water that's binding something to us. We have to bind it to us, bind the blood through baptism. And then we have to bind the spirit to us. How do we do that? It's when we're filled with the free gift of the Holy Ghost. After you've repented and after you've been baptized, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues and you will be changed forever and you will bind the Spirit to you and that's when the Word will become true and will become real to you and that's the other thing we have to bind to us is the Word without the doctrine of Jesus Christ without the blood of Jesus Christ we will not be saved from the coming destruction without these things bound to us we must have it bound as Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 11 says, therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul 
and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Something that's always there. Something that's always in your mind. Whatever you look through, whatever you look to, you're looking through the, the, the things of the word. Everything that you're examining. Every decision that you're making. It's through the word. It's when we bind that scarlet cord to us. When we bind that word to us. Oh, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to your word. We have to bind those things to us. Hallelujah. And in Proverbs 6, he says, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Oh, I wonder if tonight we would make a decision and we'd bind some things to us. Bind truth. Remember Rahab. Remember Rahab. See the scarlet cord. As I've said, it just couldn't be hung loose. Now, can you imagine if, if a wind had come along and tossed it down? The Bible says her window was on the wall. I can only imagine it was several stories up, especially if they had to let the spies down by the cord. That's why the cord was there, to let the spies down. And uh, they told her, leave this cord in your window. Can you imagine being Rahab? Being told this, but, but what, if the, what if they come back and ask me what that's about? What, what, do you, what am I going to say? She had to trust. Well, see, those spies, they gave it to me as a sign so I could be saved when they come and destroy everybody. You know, that wouldn't work. But she trusted. By faith, Rahab. The contrast of Rahab and Lot's wife can be found in Matthew 6 where the Bible says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Because no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. See, Lot's wife was trying to hold on to two things. Trying to serve two masters. Really, she probably was just trying to serve the one. But Rahab, on the other hand, even though she'd lived a life of sin, even though she'd been in that place, she believed there was only one God, and she believed he was the answer, and she had laid up her treasure in heavenly things. If you'll stand with me and the music will come. Two cities, two women, two different responses. And how easy could it have been for Rahab to not have no, not only to not have believed the Israelite spies, but to just really kind of shrug it off? All right, I'll, I'll put it out the window. But you know, I mean, I believe that their God is great. I mean, I was nice to them. You know, I, I mean, you know, whatever they say, but I think I'll, I think I'll be fine. I won't worry too much about it. You know, I mean, 
I'm a nice person. Yeah, I know, I've done a few little things here and there, but those little things, I, I wouldn't worry about those little things. You know, I mean, God is love, right? That's what they always say. I mean, what kind of loving God would condemn everybody to hell? It's just ridiculous. I mean, I believe it. I believe God. I believe he's great, okay? He's the heaven. He's the God of heavens and an earth. I believe it. It's fine. It'll be fine. No, I don't think that was the attitude of Rahab at all. I think it was more, oh, wake up. Oh, got to see the scarlet. Okay, scarlet cord. It's still there. Okay. All right. Hey, get away from that window. Don't, you're going to knock that cord down. That's got to be there. We don't know when they're coming back. We don't know when they're, when they're gonna just, when they're gonna come and we don't know the plan. Gotta leave that cord there. Hey, hey, watch the cord, careful. Oh, it's coming loose, gotta bind it up again, okay. Gotta make sure, okay. Does it go all the way, all right, yeah, it reaches pretty much to the ground. Should be able to see it, all right. Oh man, gotta make sure that cord's there. Man, pastor, I, is there anything I've been doing? Is there anything you see in me that's, not right. I mean, I don't know when God's going to come back. I don't know when he's going to blow that trumpet. And I want to make sure that, that I've been doing the right things. Pastor, is there anything? Brother, I'm so sorry. I, we were in this discussion and your name came up and I just, I didn't even mean to. I said some nasty things and I know you're not that type. Will you forgive me? I just got to make sure that some stuff's bound to me. Oh, man. Man, it's been a minute since I've, I've, I've talked in tongues again. I, I know I haven't been praying like I should. Lord, fill me again with the Holy Ghost. I, I'm going to go Saturday night. I'm going to go right to the front. As soon as they're done, I'm going to ask the Lord to fill me again. Man, pastor, I don't know. Man, now you're sure it's in Jesus' name because I was baptized in Jesus' name. I just want to make sure. Jesus, okay, all right, we're good. Let's see, what are we going to read today? Oh, Lord, let this word change me. God, I, I just, I want to make sure I'm saved. I, I got to bind that to me. But it wasn't just the cord. No, you, you can read the Bible. You can pray and stuff. But she also had to stay in the house. Now, I don't know if she had any idea when they were coming back or not. But I can just imagine that as Rahab wanted to be saved as bad as she did, that she didn't leave. Maybe she called up Kroger Delivery like we've been doing these last few months. Hey, you bring the groceries by, I can't leave the house. Why? Well, I mean, I can't really tell you. I know it's weird, just bring the groceries by. No, I'd love to come over and play games and stuff, have a game night, it sounds fun, but maybe you can come here. Bring, you know, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make the cheese dip. No, I don't think she left the house. Hey, kids, get back in this house. Don't be playing out there. Stay in this house. <laughs> I can't get distracted by what's outside. Just like the children of Israel. They painted... The blood, sound familiar? Maybe not a scarlet cord, but the blood of a lamb, a spotless lamb. They applied it to their doorposts and they had to stay in the house. 
I know it's been hard, but pastors told us he'll never shut down church again. No, it's not about the building. It's about an attitude. Yes, for Rahab, I believe it was actually the house. Why? Because that's what the word of God said. Why do we do what we do? Why are we holy? Why do we keep the line we keep? Because we've bound that cord to our lives. I want to be saved. Oh, if we could just close our eyes, reach out to the Lord. God, I have my eyes on a city tonight. It's not Zanesville. It's not Columbus. It's not Washington, D.C. No, God, it's a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Lord, my treasure's in heaven tonight. God, not just my figurative treasure, but my literal treasure. Lord, I'm going to give. Oh, God, my eyes are looking unto you. You're the author and the finisher of my faith. I look unto you tonight. I'll just reach out to him right now. Are you willing to go the way of the cross tonight? Are you willing to bind some things to you tonight? Oh, do you more than just believe? Are you willing to take action? Remember Rahab. Oh, yes, remember Lot's wife. But more than that, remember Rahab. What's the right response? Remember Rahab. Oh, God, we need you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody in this building tonight. As you know, we're going to do it safely, all that. But maybe you just want to step out in the aisle or come to this altar and say, God, I need to bind some things again. Lord, I think I've let that cord loose a little bit. I've let my salvation loose a little bit. God, I've looked back a little bit, but thank you for your magnified mercy. Oh, God, thank you. I want to bind the truth, bind the word. Lord, I need you, Jesus. God, I've been coming for a while. They've been talking about this Holy Ghost thing. Lord, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me and would you fill me with that free gift? Oh, God. Lord, I need the blood in my life. I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to bind some things. God, I know I've been here for so many years. But God, I want to make sure that I'm bound. Oh, that some things are bound in my life. Bind your word, Lord, to my hands, that whatever I touch, bind them to my feet, that wherever I go, bind them in my heart, that whatever I think about. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.